AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. On the lineup today, the greatest of all time, three-time Super Bowl champion, NFL Hall of Famer, and now chairman and co-founder of The Goat Fuel Energy Drink, Jerry Rice joins the show to discuss his family business. And your family and my family are thrilled because we both married into major 49ers fans' families. So we're all thrilled about this conversation. And joining us alongside Jerry Rice will be the CEO of Goat Fuel, his daughter, Jaquie Rice-Gold. Trust me, you do not want to miss that conversation. But first... Soccer is having a renaissance moment this summer with the biggest European clubs playing sold-out friendly matches across the U.S. And this week, we continue our soccer coverage as we welcome a representative to one of the biggest clubs in all of European history, a team who, by the way, just signed American soccer star Christian Pulisic, the Italian powerhouse, AC Milan. Here's Pulisic on what joining this team means to him. I'm really excited to, to join such a, a big club like Milan, especially coming from, uh, from the U.S. where maybe, you know, football is not the biggest sport. Um, I think it's grown so much since I've started, and it's, it's beautiful to see going back home and seeing so many, so many football fans. Uh, so joining us now is the Chief Revenue Officer of AC Milan, Casper Stylesvig. Casper, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start with the obvious here. You guys, and yes, you are a powerhouse. No question about that at all. Uh, let's let's talk about some things. First of all, as being one of the, if not the premier soccer club around the globe, what is it like when you look in the U.S. and you see Lionel Messi playing in Miami? But, but I think that will benefit everyone. It uh, just shows the how the sport is growing in the U.S., which is very important and been trying for many years, but being able to attract the best talent on the planet is just phenomenal. It's phenomenal for all of us in, in, in the sport, especially for a brand like AC Milan. We're trying to try to build our brand in the U.S. I mean, U.S. is, is a sport map country, so it's good to be able to also having that interest for, for our world of, of football. What have you noticed uh, when it comes to building this public awareness? And, and I know the initiative to play games in L.A. and Las Vegas. What have you noticed about the U.S. audience that differs from when you play at home? They have a huge affiliation for, for, for the club. They are very knowledgeable about our history, but they also respect the history we have. 
and really want to support the team. And what is very interesting is they want to replicate the atmosphere we have in our home stadium, San Siro, which is very interesting. So they know all the songs, they know how to, they know everything about the players. So they're really, really well uh, drilled in terms of how we do things. Casper, AC Milan is just one year removed from its first uh, Serie A championship in about a decade. I think it's 19th in history. You've had a very, very busy offseason. Can you talk to us about Christian Pulisic, about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, about uh, perhaps uh, Yunus Musa joining the team? I think you've had eight new signings this summer. I wonder if you could just talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, let me start with Pulisic, which is in itself is with the club because of he's a very talented player and he fills the gap on the squad, which we needed some reinforcement. From, I'm sitting on the commercial side of things, so obviously having him in my, my <laughs> roster of players when I go out and sell the club is, is just a delight because not only is he a phenomenal, talented player, he's also a, a true gentleman and then he he's, he's the biggest American player. So that opens doors commercially, which we didn't previously have. So, so for us, it's, it's important, but I have to emphasize we don't, unfortunately, I should say, with my commercial hat on, we don't sign players from a commercial perspective. We are signing it from a, from a sporting perspective. One of the, the biggest things about today's sports world uh, involves the sponsorship. Uh, Manchester United, for example, they just signed a $1.1 billion deal with Adidas or Adidas, depending on which side of the pond that you're on, uh, for a deal for an extended 10 years. What do these type of sponsorships mean for the future of soccer i mean the soccer is always going to be here obviously but for it to grow into the u.s and blossom what does that mean that obviously means that when you get such a check you can keep investing in the team attracting the best possible talent and keep developing your brand we also just extended our partnership with puma starting on the first mm -hmm. of july and and um, we we keep pushing for that so it's important from a commercial perspective that you have this mindset and that you keep trying to develop your brand but but also the commercial roster and, and bring in the revenues which is then being invested in on the football side so it's important it's extremely important when you're building your brand i'm curious what you think of what mattel has done with the barbie movie this summer and how many different partnerships it struck with companies across different industries as someone who's looking to build the brand of your club what do you admire about that strategy? What do you think is applicable? What do you think doesn't work? I think if um, I think the the Mattels and the Disney's of the world are a little bit ahead of the world of sport. The way they manage to integrate brands in their commercial models is, is second to none. I do think the world of sport, and in particular soccer, can can learn from that. At AC Milan, we worked very hard the last couple of years in terms of integrating other sort of industries so we do a lot in music entertainment uh, and and fashion coming from milan it's sort of very natural for us to sort of step into fashion milan being um, the fashion capital of the world so we have a very strong relationship with off-white and we've done some very interesting stuff and at that point we also sort of tried out in in the film industry. We had relationship. We did a promotion with Ghostbusters two movie when that one came out, and also with with, with Black Adam. So there is a lot of intersection between our industries because ultimately, what we're selling is entertainment, and so does the Barbie movie. And the way they sort of I haven't had time to see it yet. My family's seen it, 
Um, and they, they were really impressed about how did they manage to tell the story and integrate these things. Come on, Scarlett. It's that legendary red and black striped shirt and the home kit. I mean, that's Milan for I'm, to hear me. Hear me out, Casper. I mean, I don't know if this is within your remit, but Stadio Giuseppe Miasa, San Siro Stadium, capacity for over 80,000 people filling up that stadium. You know, talk to us about that process. Talk to us about in the U.S. I don't know if you're aware, a lot of brands, a lot of teams, you know, they have control over the stadium. It's not just about football. It's about, you know, concerts and other events. You know, talk to us about how you work with the stadium, how you uh, how you generate revenue off that. So we share the stadiums with with Inter, uh, which is the other team in Milan, and the stadium is owned by the municipality. So we don't own the stadium, which sort of makes things a bit more complicated compared to how it is with other clubs, but also with sport in the US. We have gone through a uh, sort of transaction. Four years ago, we had 54,000 on average in the stadium. Last season, we have 72,000. And that is having a commercial mindset and really push in order to try to fill every seat in the stadium. So that's obviously bringing in much more revenues. We are restricted for having other events in the stadium. So we usually only have concerts in the summertime. So we're trying to maximize that. We had 13 concerts this summer, um, again, sharing the revenues uh, between us and, and the, the other team. But it does give limitations in terms of how we can do it because the biggest and the best team today, they have a commercial mindset, which means it's about maximizing revenue across your business. And that's also meaning the stadium, the museum and so forth. And that's where why we are looking to build a new stadium which is uh, really will sort of uh, change the club in terms of how we do things. Ideally, we want to build it on, on our own and have a new modern stadium. Our stadium is almost 100 years old, so that also have limitations in terms of how we how we sell it. Because as I mentioned before, it, it's about entertainment. So you want people to have a good time, to have, want them to have the best facilities and just enjoy the moment. Um, and that's what we're trying to build. So Casper, that's interesting. So then that $1.3 billion sticker price back in June 2022 when Redbird Capital acquired uh, the team from Elliott Management, I believe, right, who had actually taken the club over from a Chinese investment management company, I think, that kind of went into receivership. Can you talk to us a little bit about Jerry Cardinal, about Redbird, about new ownership, about that whole process? It must have been something. No, it's been very interesting to follow because now we have an owner who is operating in the sport and entertainment um, industries who can really support us in terms of build the brand and take it to the next level very ambitious and that is also why we're pushing for having our own stadium where we sort of uh, not only creating a stadium but basically want to develop a destination an entertainment destination which will then really make sure to be more than double our revenues which which is important for us in in terms of how we can compete with the biggest teams in europe and we are restricted from a broadcast uh, revenue perspective because uh, the Italian league is the third or the fourth biggest league in Europe. Uh, Premier League is dominating in that space and we are selling our meter rights collectively. So we need to find revenues from other aspects and that's why the commercial revenues are so important in this development. And we think that Redbird with their network, with their experience, with their ownership, really, really can transform the club and take it into the next level. 
So there's PE owners. They've certainly changed the game. PE owners like Redbird Capital. There's also Gulf Money, right? Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar. They seemingly have bottomless pockets when it comes to funding the clubs and and spending on talent. What have you observed about their willingness to market the clubs and to strike up partnerships? Do they need to do that? Are they more competitive in doing that, or does it actually open up opportunities for you? I think it opens up opportunities. So this is a very good question, but I also think that that we have to, because we are restricted, we need to be more innovative in terms of how we do things. We are restricted in in terms of how we can invest. But there's also financial fair play in European football, which means there are certain limitations in terms of how much you can invest versus the revenues, which is important to take into account. But the journey we've been on going through the pandemic has really forced us to think differently, for think out of the box, create different partnerships, which is not necessarily traditional football partnerships. But I I mentioned the partnership we had in the music industry, fashion industry, and the film industry previously. But we're also going into the gaming industry. So we had a phenomenal shirt launch back in February where with Epic Games and in in Rocket League, which is one of the most played uh, games. So we we are forced to think differently because we don't have the same uh, resources. And I think the last point to say in that regard, with some of the clubs you're mentioning, they don't have the heritage and the legacy we have. We have won the Champions League seven times, second only after Real Madrid. And that is a rich history. And that rich history is not something you develop overnight. And it doesn't only come from money. It comes from winning consistently through generations. And that's something we have which money cannot buy. Well, you're right about Rocket League because they, my boys tried to teach this old man how to play and humiliated me in my own den. I mean, they, these guys are good. I mean, and you're right. That's one of the yeah. things that has the kids out there, they know what they're doing. And here I am trying to figure out, you know, where's Pong and I'm looking stupid. And But you're right about that. That helps advance the the sport itself which brings me to the next point and we we just spoke with zach brown who's the ceo of mclaren auto racing with f1 and he said that any type of auto racing helps the entire sport of auto racing which brings me to the women's world cup any type of soccer especially big time soccer like this has to bring a highlight to soccer in the sport in general Absolutely. And it's phenomenal to see that the Women's World Cup is getting so much exposure. It's good for all of us. We need this. We also have a female professional team, which we're very proud of. And we try to treat it as an individual commercial opportunity. So they have their own shirt partner. And it is a growing sport. And, and we need to accept that. And it's, I think it's important. I think FIFA has done a good job there in terms of positioning it as it is. So so I, I do agree with that, that, that any football is, is about being as, as broad as possible and get as much exposure, not only for AC Milan, but for the, for the, for the sport as, as such. Well, Casper, that takes me to my last question for you. I mean, the 2023 Soccer Champions Tour, you know, you just played Real Madrid, Juventus. I think you play Barcelona as well. Um, how has that experience been for you? I mean, what is your role during these matches? Are you sort of trying to, you know, wine and dine sponsors, get to know new potential um, partners? I mean, I mean, what's, you know, what's your day-to-day look like over the last few weeks? 
It's been very hectic. Um, it's, it's a very good experience. We have a global fan base um, of more than 500 million fans. Unfortunately, not everyone has the opportunity to visit San Siro in Milan. So it's great to have this uh, window in, in the break in the summer to prepare the team for the coming season, but also use it to, to host potential sponsors, as you mentioned. So we use that. This is our shop window. So we are talking to the biggest brands on the, on the planet, hosted them around these matches so they really can see what the sport is about, but also what AC is about, AC Milan is about. So so this is a unique opportunity. Then there's a whole fan sentiment, which is really, really important to us. We have fan clubs around, uh, across the US and um, they, some of them are lifelong fans and they never had a chance to, to ever experience coming anywhere near the team. So for them to, to watch uh, the team life at these games is just a unique experience. And these are real games. I know there's perception that this is pre-season games. It's, it's a bit of a jolly. It's not the case. Uh, they take it very seriously. And um, we don't like to lose. So um, we certainly want to want to make sure we make an impact. Casper Stylesvig, Chief Revenue Officer from AC Milan. Good luck and may you score as many goals as you want. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casper, for joining okay. us on the Thank Blue you for Business of Sports. Thank you, sir. Up next on the show, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we speak with Jerry Rice. Ah, you know who he is. That's straight ahead on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. I'm Michael Barr along with Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer. This is Bloomberg. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr, alongside Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer. There is no shortage of career highlights our next guest has produced. Over the middle for Bryce. Oh. Uh, he's amazing. He's just doing things that no one else in this league is doing. Show Bryce. The Four times in his less than three-year career, Jerry Rice has had three touchdowns. 
perfectly so far. Rice! Touchdown! Holy cow! <laughs> Jerry Rice, he has more touchdowns than NASA, I think, at this point. <laughs> And that's when going up the middle was real dangerous. It is an honor to welcome NFL Hall of Famer Jerry Rice and as well as his daughter and now boss Jaquie Rice Gold, co-founders of the energy drink Goat Fuel. Jerry and Jaquie, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, let's talk about Goat Fuel because that's the whole thing about it is that now granted that, you know, the energy drinks, it's a crowded market, but they don't have Jerry Rice out there pushing their product. Tell us about it. Okay, so Jaquie and uh, her husband now, TJ, they were in Los Angeles and they were drinking energy drinks because they needed something to fuel them and give them energy. And she reached out to me and and just out of the blue, she just said, hey, dad, have you ever been part of an energy drink? I said, no, but I was part of Muscle Milk back in the day. She said, if if you were, what would you name it? And just off the top of my head, guys, I said, goat fuel. The greatest of all time, not just for athletes. You know, it could be uh, an entrepreneur. It could be uh, anyone uh, you really inspired to be great on that given day. So I said, look, we need to go back to some old ties and come up with an energy drink that has my core values. Because everybody know about me from my work ethic and what I put into football and how I condition myself. So, you know, we did that and uh, everything else is uh, almost <laughs> like history because yeah. now I needed that CEO and that's my daughter. You know, she's running the company. She's doing everything. She's doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, we're scaling and we're having a great time. Given all of that, Jaque, uh congratulations, of course, on the company. Can you give us a sense of what it looks like to be running a company and raising money in this current environment? Right. So um, I will say that with building Goat Fuel, um, we have been challenged, you know, right out the gate. So some background is we launched in January of 2020. Uh, so right into a pandemic that at the time no one was aware of. And so for the first eight months of um, being in business, we had to build a brand online. And that's not that was not the plan with um, launching a beverage. Right. Um, going D to C was not our initial plan, but we had to pivot. And I would say for us, we've always been resilient. We've always had to um I guess be flexible and and really just meet every challenge head on. And there's no difference in that, even when it comes just to the macro environment right now and just raising capital. We just closed a series seed a few months ago, a five million dollar series seed oversubscribed. And, you know, it didn't look like how we initially planned, but it ended up being a little bit of a scrappier process. But we found some some great leads and we were able to get around done where a lot of brands in CPG right now um, are, are having challenges. And so I would say for us, one key differentiator of our brand are the quarter set mushrooms. So with goat fuel, we're really hitting on three very like hyper trendy um, areas and that's energy, that's sports and that's function. And I think with our brand, that's what helped us stand out um, amongst all the noise in this very oversaturated space. And 
Um, obviously, working with my dad and my husband, we are a family-founded brand, and my dad is the GOAT, right? And that mindset is real, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. So when we were embarking on this um, you know, capital raise in this process, it was essentially that, whatever it takes to win. Jacqui, you know, I recall hearing somewhere that Jerry's backup plan, if football didn't work out, was fixing electronics. I mean, can you imagine your dad working at PC Richards or, or The Wiz? I mean... In all seriousness, though, you were in beauty tech. Your husband, Trevian, worked in the music industry before the two of you decided to start GOAT. Talk to us about your journey. You know, what was your initial inspiration? You know, which parts of the business are you most focused on today? And, and you know, which parts of the process have been most rewarding? I am not a beverage founder originally. I did not come from the space. I was a consumer living in LA, like my dad said, and working on a beauty tech startup. It was a peer-to-peer marketplace for hair extensions. And I was burning the midnight oil, all types of oil, you know, grinding it out as an entrepreneur. And um, that's when me and my husband started drinking energy drinks for the first time. I, you know, had heard all the all the bad kind of stigma related to energy drinks for some years. I always kind of stayed clear clear from them. But um, at the time, circa 2018, 2019, there were these better for you um, beverages, energy drinks that were just at our local gyms. So we started drinking energy drinks at the gym and um, started to really kind of fall in love with the category, all the offerings in the space, but still felt like we were experiencing the jitters and the crash and all those horrible things. And so we just started talking as a family. I mean, interestingly enough, our local coffee shop in LA started introducing mushrooms. Like you could add mushrooms to your like latte or cappuccino, et cetera. And it was like a light bulb went off because we loved mushrooms already um, in LA. Mushrooms were everywhere. Like, and these are adaptogen mushrooms, like the the ones that have been used in traditional Chinese medicine for, for eons. But um, so when we saw that local coffee shops were offering them, it was just a light bulb went off. We said, hey, if they're adding it to coffee, wouldn't it be interesting to add it to an RTD energy drink? Because we know the benefits. Mm. We know the jitters and the crash will kind of be, um, you know, combated with uh, with the mushrooms. There's a host of of um, just attributes and benefits of mushrooms. And so um, we settled on the cordyceps. They were discovered by goats in the Himalayas. And so I would say goat fuel is just the, it's the result of years of identifying problems and trying to create solutions for them. And so when it came to launching this thing, we needed a lot of help, right? Um, as being uh, non-industry founders, we surrounded ourselves with a, with a number of strong advisors. Um, my dad, like I said before, had, uh, or he said before, had invested in the space before. So we had a network to, to draw on. And, uh, and then our first check, came from serial entrepreneur, super successful, um, uh, Mark Laurie. He's now currently the owner of the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. but was a you know founder and sold that.com to Walmart for $3 billion. And so he was our first check. And so we just been building a great network since then. We need mm-hmm. a lot of help, but um, we've been able to lean on that network to navigate a very uh, dynamic space that's changed so rapidly in the last two years. Well, yeah, last two years when we launched Goat Fuel, I'm telling you, you opened the cold box and you saw a lot of black, silver, and maybe some <laughs> red and blue. But now, <laughs> now we open that cold box, man, I mean, just the portfolios of brands now competing is just really 
exploded, but it's exciting for us because I think that it just proves that there was validation to us embarking into the space when we did. And so we um, we really stay targeted, focused on California, Texas, and Florida to start. We um, built a DSD network um, comprised of a number of beer wholesalers and just really have been pounding the pavement. And fast forward three years, we're in, we're in just about 15,000 doors. And um, and it's it's exciting for us to, to really see that growth. We're talking with 10-time NFL All-Pro Jerry Rice and his daughter, Jaquie Rice-Gold, who is behind the Goat Fuel Energy Drink. And a shout-out to you guys because Goat Fuel is the official energy drink of the Los Angeles Lakers. And congratulations for that. Thank you. Yeah, there thank you, you guys for that. Yes. And we are, you know, I have a fantastic team, you know, and we have over 50 years of experience in beverage and my team is working hard. My team is working hard. And and I want to say one thing about Mark Laurie, because I was in uh, I think I was in Indianapolis to run uh, and raise money for St. Jude. And, you know, I come out with all my goat fuel attire. I've got my shoes on. I got my warm up on and all of that. And and I just started talking to Mark Lurie about my vision. And uh, like Jaque said, you know, he was uh, the first one to write a check and he saw the vision and he became part of uh, Goatfield. But we also Eddie DeBarlo and I wanted to build Goatfield just like the 49ers. It was all about family. Eddie DeBarlo, the greatest owner ever. Bill Walsh, one of the greatest coaches. Then it was all about the players. And, uh, and you know, I think we have done that. And and, and I think that's the reason why, uh, you know, this company is going so well. Jerry, you are renowned for your workout regimen. You run the hills in the Bay Area, which is no small feat. Uh, when I look at your LinkedIn page, you have San Francisco 49ers, 15 years as a professional athlete. And then you have co-founder and executive chairman of Goat Fuel, from January 2019 to now. Is this venture your first attempt at promoting fitness as a business idea that you've undertaken? You know, I think I have always been about fitness, but this was something when when uh, Jaque and, and Travion, when they came to me, I, I said, wow, you know, I really want to impact the world. You know, everybody know about me from my, my you know, what I did on the football field, but I wanted to impact the world off the football field too. So. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be a part of this and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be a co-founder, but, you know, we have a lot, a lot of more work that we have to do and uh, we're just going to keep pushing forward. But yes, uh, yeah, this is uh, another challenge for me. And uh, I think we all need that in life. Uh, and, you know, we, we get to a point, if you get to a point where you feel like you have arrived, I think you pretty much you're done. I'm hungry and I still want more. Well, Jerry, let's put some of these numbers in perspective here, right? I mean, GOAT has raised $12 million since the pandemic. They just had the successful $5 million fundraise. Your rookie contract with the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> was five years at $377,000 per year. And while my memory may be a bit hazy here, I believe you at one time got paid $32 million over seven years back in 97. Tyreek Hill is playing for the Dolphins. 
for $30 million a year. Devontae so Adams, why, $28 why million a year. Where, where are you going? <laughs> I, I told the man the not dollars. to wreck the interview, and now he did. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go there, Jerry. The value teams are playing at the wide receiver position in today's day and age. And I guess by association, the apparent lack of value teams currently placed on the RB position. I wonder, I just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, and it has a lot to do with the guys who paved the way for them. You know, with all the new, uh, you know, televisions, uh, the television contracts and stuff like that. Uh, players are getting paid more money, more guaranteed money. And, uh, and you know, I get asked all the time. They say, you know, they, people say to me, they say, would you love to be playing today? And making all the money that you uh, that these players are making, of course, we want to make the money and stuff like that. But I love the era that I played. Uh, mm-hmm. There was something about football because it was almost like the movie The Gladiator with Russell Crowe. You know, it's like whatever comes into this <laughs> arena, if we work together, we have a chance of winning. And you had to establish yourself on the football field that way. And I know players are more protected now and 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 it's a safer football game. And but I love, you know, when I played the game back in the day and I wouldn't change anything. And uh, yes, of course, you know, the money that's being given away is, uh, you know, is uh, amazing. This one to Jaqui. And I bring this up uh, because in my life, I have always had strong women. I've had a strong mom. I've had strong aunts. I have a strong wife. And I am so proud that I'm seeing you kick butt and take names because you're navigating through the business world uh, and helping women to put a face out there, say, hey, you can do this too. And and I salute you, Jaqui. And, and can you tell us more about what it's like when you're trying to help pave the way for more women out there to get into the business world. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, the space that I'm in is, is I mean, yes, it's, it's male dominated. And um, that comes with, um, I would say it comes with its challenges. But like I said before, we're resilient and we face challenges head on. And I think that it's an exciting time because even in energy and in, in general, there is validation for the female consumer now more than ever. And we're seeing that with some brands right now that are just directly targeting the female consumer in the energy drink space. So I would say that there's more receptivity um, to women in non-alc, in particular energy drinks. And I do think I've just got a, a strong network of support whether that's friends, family, you know, my mom, just women in my life who have always challenged me, um, challenged me with where I went to college. I went to to Georgetown, got my degree and um, got my bachelor's in, in government and then went on to law school and said, hey, I'm not going to be a lawyer. But they trusted <laughs> yeah. me when I made that. <laughs> they trusted me when I made that pivot. And um, and then my dad instilled that work ethic and me too. So regardless, I was always striving for for something. And I would just say any any woman that is embarking on uh, unknown territory, just just bet on yourself, get out there, um, talk to people, build your network and uh, 
and 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 just keep pushing. And as a woman of color, kick butt and take names. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got a list. I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Jaquie. And one day, maybe you'll share the list with us as well. Um, I, I loved how you put that, betting on yourself, working hard. I, I, I want to go back for a moment um, to looking at GOAT as a whole, just uh, because the name of your drink is GOAT Fuel, and, and talk a little bit about GOAT in the football world today. Jerry, the game has evolved in a way that almost makes direct comparisons impossible. Given all the changes in professional football, how would you characterize the same debate for wide receiver? You are the undisputed GOAT yourself, but what does the debate for who's the GOAT and wide receiver look like when you consider the changes? Wow, that's that's really a good one because you got to look at the new era now because back when I played, uh, you know, the physicality of it, uh, even if the ball was not being thrown to me on the backside, I was still getting hit. So players are more protected now and, and you can't target receivers uh if receivers if they go across the middle linebackers you know back in the day when i played <laughs> they linebackers would try to take your head off mm-hmm. and now you can't do that anymore so uh you know there's a lot of great receivers out there and and i'm i'm very fortunate that people look at me as as being you know one of the receivers that put up outstanding numbers but i always give that credit to my teammates and I was able to achieve so much. So yeah, it, it, it's sort of hard to uh, to pave that way now because it's a totally different uh, football game. But uh, you know, uh, I played the game at a very high level. I enjoyed playing the game. It was uh, I played for over twenty years, and it was never like it was a job for me. It was something that I just loved doing. Is 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 kind of hard to compare the two now. Well, Jerry, I'm happy that we're taking this uh, dance through history because your matchups versus Bill Parcells, G-Men, Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys. I mean, this is the stuff of legend, right? I mean, and, and, and so for me, having watched you all those years ago, and it was a while ago, I mean, you retired back in 2004. My God, I mean, it's amazing. Talk to us about, you know, the highs and lows of playing in the NFL for you. I mean, which moments really stand out for you? I mean, I think of the 11 catch, 215 yard, one touchdown performance versus Cincy in the Super Bowl. I think about the separated shoulder in Super Bowl 29 versus the Chargers. I mean, there've just been so many standout performances. What, I mean, what really stays with you after all these years? You know, I would say the camaraderie, the fans, playing for the fans, giving them something to talk talk about, you know, after leaving the football game uh, and for them cheering me on to uh, try to be the best that I can be and, you know, and, uh, and that's something I'll never forget. Of course, you know, you, you, you look at all the records, you look at all the Super Bowls, all of that. Uh, one thing I, I didn't like, I did not like losing. <laughs> that, that was something that just didn't really, it didn't set well with me. Uh, we could have, you know, we could, uh, have a season where uh, we were like 12 and four. And and I would always think about those games that we lost. You know, what could I have done uh, to win those games? And and I think that's what you have to have in life. You, you Every day, it's going to be a battle. You know, you're going to get up and, uh, and, and you're going to set your goals uh, and you're going to get knocked down. But it's if you're going to get back up. So uh, I had those challenges uh, playing on the big stage. 
I always, I always, for some reason, guys, on Sunday night football, Monday night football, playoffs, Super Bowls, I was always at my best. And I think that was through practice and preparation. And it's the same way in business. You you have to do the same thing. There's a playbook. Uh, you know, there's players. Uh, someone is the coach, which is my daughter, the CEO, uh, Jaqui and 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 guys to actually to be able to do this with my daughter and, and watch her grow and 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 run the company is something you can't put a price on. So you know I'm very excited about that. I had to go back to that because I wanted to let her know that. But yeah, you know football opened up so many doors for me and and I just enjoy playing on that big stage and uh, and, and bringing the fans to their feet. This is to Jaqui because you brought it up, Jerry. Uh, well, it's a two-parter question. One, uh, first of all, is that it, <laughs> you're the boss of your dad. You're the CEO of this company. <laughs> and, and second of all, I, I'd also like to ask about, because, you know, you have to market the product. And, you know, every time you try to market a product, there is a challenge. So uh, it, it's a two-part question. One, about being the boss lady, and two, about the marketing challenge. <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly, it's it's a huge responsibility, but I couldn't do it without my dad or my husband. It, it really comes down to team and, and teamwork. So uh, it's I, I think that I've got the best of both worlds, uh, having their support and also um, being able to build build a company with your family, I didn't realize how beneficial that could be. And I know that um, you hear often stories of it being challenging. It, it does have challenges because dynamics have, they change um, and you start to work alongside family members and, and learn more about them in, in ways that you didn't know before, but it's been awesome. It's been awesome because we're so passionate about the value that we're creating with Goat Fuel and motivating people to be the greatest versions of themselves. We really believe that um, it comes down to the core values. And I think that by us staying, uh, or it uh, comes down to the core values. And one of those core values is the GOAT family and treating all of our team members, um, our, our customers, our partners as as family. And 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 it just, we reflect that from the top down. So it's been, it's, so, it's been so special and I'm so inspired. Like I learned so much about my dad um, in this too and hearing people's stories and distributor stories and, just how much he um, impacted their lives personally. It's inspiring as as his daughter. And I think, well, as the eldest child, I did see all of the career, well, except for two years. I think daddy were playing, what, for two years before I was born, but um, mm -hmm. I saw so much. <laughs> and I used, to, I used to tease him because my dad played for such a long time. I was actually, I think, 18 or 19 when he retired. And I said, hey, technically, Dad, I could have been a cheerleader for you. Like, <laughs> like, like wouldn't that have been cool? Like, on the sidelines, like, cheering for you? Like, that would have been fun. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Hey, the highlight, hey, the <laughs> highlight for me though, with uh, when you uh, song the national anthem. Oh, Yo. yeah! I, 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 I remember oh, that. God. That I'll never forget that because I was yeah. so nervous for you. <laughs> oh, that's special. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, a lot of history there. And uh, so I would say it's been, a uh, you know, working with him, working with my husband, who's our chief brand officer, it's been such a huge advantage. But I am the boss, I guess. But <laughs> Yes, you are. You're the boss. <laughs> I just try to stay out of the way. <laughs> we, we, we've got a line in our house from an old movie. I'm the boss. I have champagne. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, are you planning on using any other goats in your marketing campaign? Obviously, your your dad is the yeah. original goat here, but any other goats uh, that you have lined up? Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, to, to speak to our marketing plan, we're building a goat family, right? And so that's comprised of a, what we're doing is building um, an arsenal, a network of um, other goats from other sports, um, professions, that believe in our brand, that want to inspire others to be the greatest versions of themselves. And so we've got some exciting collaborations coming down the pipeline. Um, none, none I can speak to just yet, ah. but you see, <laughs> I know, I know. But you'll be seeing some really exciting um, activations coming down the pipeline, um, starting with this next NFL season and and, and next year, because really it's a, it's about the Guild of Goats. That's what we we called it. We call it, and um, and whether that's as investors or ambassadors, uh, really just building a movement around it that. Um, inspires inspires our consumers and and, and gets us to um, where we want to be, which is really a, we're in the business of inspiration. That's what we, that's how we see Goat Fuel. Jaque Rice Gold, daughter of ten-time NFL All-Pro Jerry Rice. Oh my goodness! First of all, thank you all for joining us on the business of sports. And second of all, and I didn't. And my wife said this before I left out of the door. You you got to bring this up to to Jerry. It's like you should have won Dancing with the Stars, man. <laughs> hey, look! If I had goat fuel, I probably would. <laughs> well said. <laughs> If I go back, I'm a hey, look. I'm gonna win that trophy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for what it's worth, you got a, a household. Again, my wife is a diehard 49ers fan, full of 49ers stuff. We got a signed helmet from Joe Montana. We've got a signed football from Joe Montana. She has your jersey, Jerry Rice. She has, and when we play pool, I can't get away from the 49ers because the pool balls are all San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> we got the red and the gold, depending what you want to play. And it's like, you know, and the pool oh. table's red. It, it, what can I say? Jerry all Rice, right, Jaque Rice, Gold. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thanks for we having us. And hey, thanks for having us. Have a great day. Thank you. Up next, we wrap the program with the return of the number of the week. That's straight ahead. On the Bloomberg Business of Sports, I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Boo and Damian Sassauer. This is Bloomberg. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. 
I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Time for the number of the week. Our usual contestants, Scarlett and Damian, are with us. And as you know, we had Jerry Rice on the show with his daughter, Jaquie. And it, it, which was a great interview, by the way. Did and Mrs. Barr hear it yet? She's ready to hear it. She, she's like, you know, I've got to hear this because she was going on and on and on. It's like, you forgot to mention that you <laughs> gave me a seat from the old Candlestick Park for Christmas. We have those too. By you the got way. one? Yeah. Oh, did you did you get one with the with the Montana number on it, man? I don't think we went that far, but we do have a pair of seats from Candlestick. <laughs> oh man, that's great. See, I'm sorry. I'm okay. I'm glad. Sorry, Damien. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. Please go there. <laughs> I was I was paging through my old my old stacks of football cards, looking for Jerry Rice cards after the interview. I get it. I get it. You got. Then this is the question on our subject is Jerry Rice, and it's a two parter question. One should be fairly easy, and the other one, we'll see. So let's start Jerry Rice, probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wide receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. What number was on his jersey when he was with the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, it's oh I should know this, since we have many Jerry Rice jerseys in our house. I was going to say, see, this is... And by the way, Damien said the answer. You didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Good. <laughs> but and the real I, question is I know, I know who 16 is, so he's not 16. He's not 16. <laughs> okay, I know. Oh, what? 80. Yes, yes. See, both of them. See, 49ers fans, We're good. 80. Yeah. They know. All I have Obvi- to do is obviously, I found that football card. I found that football card. <laughs> now, the second part of this, and we'll see I, how you know this what? goes. I just want to go out on a high. I'm good. All right, we're going to see. <laughs> how many teams? did Jerry Rice play for in his NFL career? I don't know, but I'm going to guess three. You're right. I can name them. Go ahead. I think it's the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Seahawks, right? Okay. Now the answer is four. <gasps> and this was tricky because you're right. 49ers from 85 to uh, 2000. Then he went to the Raiders 01 to 04 and played briefly for Seattle in 04. Uh-huh. But this is the part that is the tricky part. He was with the Broncos in 05. 
But what? he was only in the offseason and the practice squad. So he did not suit up for an actual game. He didn't suit up for an actual game, but he was oh, with the Broncos one, in 05. That's like saying Henrik Lundqvist played for two teams, the Rangers and the Caps, <laughs> even though he had surgery before he could suit up. So he practiced with them, but didn't actually play with them. See, yeah, you, that's, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say is yeah, man. You're exactly right, Jerry. Man, I, you know everybody's He's the best. He was the. <laughs> there's a reason why the goat. He is nicknamed mm-hmm. for wide receivers, and I was thinking about that. It's like do you because I remember you know he, I, before Jerry Rice, I was going to say Lynn Swan, but now no, I, I Jerry Rice bar none is the best wideout I've ever seen play the game. He would catch well, stuff. I'll, I'll give you an interesting. I'll give you an interesting story. When I was reading up on Jerry, so Jerry actually didn't believe he was going to be drafted, or he was, you know, he was a Division two player. He didn't play Division one football, right? So I guess in the old day, you know, if you weren't a Div, you know, they didn't really take you seriously. But what happened on draft day, and Jerry was picked 16th overall, which is high. The Cowboys, the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys, and the 49ers, the Bill Walsh 49ers. Obviously saw what was going on, and the Niners knew the Cowboys were going to take him at 17, traded up to 16 with the Patriots to nab him. Can you believe what a difference? I mean, what an incredible – I mean, if you think about how things could have changed if he went to Dallas, it's just it's unbelievable. So, wait, who are the winners of this week's number of the week then? Actually, it's a tie. We both won, Because you said three. Yeah. And but you know you could in- definitely interpret it as three because he suited up for three different teams. Okay, and, and you know what we get as our prize? What's that? Goat fuel, drink <laughs> for those athletes. That's right. That's sure. Linda said, like, listen, if you get some, you bring some home. And then she's going to put it on the shelf, and I'm not going to ever see. Anyway, uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, and we would like to thank our guest. Chief Revenue Officer of AC Milan, Casper Stylesvig, and the GOAT himself, Jerry Rice, and his daughter, Joqui Rice Gold, for joining us on the show this week. And of course, thank you for listening. I'm Michael Barr on X at Bitburst Sports. And you can find me at Scarlet Foo. And I'm on X at D Sassauer. Tune in again next week for the latest on the stories moving big old money in the world of sports. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.